to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. It's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. volunteered to serve and protect their communities as members of the United States military have been under attack by their own government for over a century, experimented on like laboratory animals with mustard gas, plutonium, Agent Orange, and depleted uranium. But what we are experiencing now is the final destruction of the entire U.S. military from within. Those with enough sense to refuse the gene therapy shots are being forced out of military service. Navy SEALs who refused the jab have been denied deployment and even denied permission to travel for medical treatment. But more than two-thirds of the entire U.S. military have chosen to receive this life-altering vaccine, which has now proven to be catastrophic. Attorney-at-law Todd Callender, who is representing the U.S. Navy SEALs versus President Joe Biden, has recently reported an 1,100% increase in U.S. military deaths as a result of these mRNA injections. And based on their latest data, they expect this number to soon rise above 5,000%. A leaked military database from the Department of Defense shows us that while the public was being told that it's a crisis of the unvaccinated, the defense secretary and upper command knew 71% of all new cases were among the fully vaccinated. The Department of Defense knew what they were doing, and the proper charges are genocide. If you look at all of the documentation, Pfizer's documentation, that they, uh, we did mass spectrometry on their vials, we know what's in these things. And in fact, they even admit that they added an HIV protein into the shots for the purpose of disabling people's autoimmune. Right? They couldn't slip these lipid nanoparticles, which are, in fact, little bombers that carry pathogenic proteins um, to, to effectuate gene modification in the individual, gene therapy, as they call it. In order to get those lipid nanoparticles past your cellular defense, your body's defense, they had to disarm your immune system. And they did that. It's in all the scientific papers. What they didn't do is undo that. And right now, they're coming to understand this. People are showing up HIV positive. People with three shots have no immune system left over whatsoever. There is no other way to characterize this other than intentional homicide, the unlawful taking of a human life, except that it's in large numbers, which makes it a genocide. A vaccine delivered AIDS epidemic. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, and that is the attorney 
the gentleman that was on the right there was the actual attorney for the Navy SEALs that are fighting this right now. He is currently the Navy SEAL attorney who is trying to make it so that we cannot force this shot on the remaining members of our service, men and women. We cannot force this vaccine on them. I think it's a losing battle. I think it's an uphill battle. And if we ever needed God anywhere, it's definitely with our service, men and women, who are being experimented on by our government, and just like that video showed you, have been being experimented on by our government for quite some time. What a shame, and what a way to treat the people who sign on that dotted line to make sure that your freedom and my freedom can actually continue to exist. Folks, you are locked and loaded right here on Live from America. I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the live-free-or-die granite state of New Hampshire, and I will never, ever stop saying that I am so very appreciative to do this job for you every day. I love it. Sometimes it's hard. Actually, all the time it's hard. But I could not see myself doing anything else right now when the world needs this kind of a voice so very badly. Folks, uh, in this episode of Live from America today, we are going to dig through what is going on behind the scenes that we keep talking about with President Trump. President Trump, I told you yesterday, this is not just a fight against Democrats and Republicans. This is not just a fight for the act of stealing a presidential election in 2020. It is much bigger than that. And weakening our military is part of that plan. Weakening the United States in every way is part of that plan. This isn't some, you know, oh, the sky is falling, chicken little story. These are the, everything that I bring to you is based in fact. And we're going to talk about a lot of that today. However, folks, I do have some news that I need to bring you before we get into shout outs and before we get into the Lord. Um, unfortunately, today will be the LFA producers last day here on Live from America. It was a short lived run uh, for him here and we uh, wish him luck in everything that he's going to do. Um, but with the news this morning of circle back Jen Psaki heading, uh, leaving the Biden administration and heading to MSDNC to get her own show. She is hiring our producer because he's so, so good at what he does that she thinks that she needs him over there. No, I'm just kidding. April fools, everybody. He's not going anywhere. And he sure as heck isn't following Mrs. Circleback Jen Psaki as she leaves the Biden White House. But that is the good news of this morning, folks. The Biden White House will no longer have circle back Jen Psaki. Now I'm sure they will fill her position with another person with the, uh, with the same IQ level and the same level of annoyance. But Jen Psaki is leaving the White House. She's leaving the Biden administration never to return and on her way to MSDNC to probably take the position that uh, Richard Maddow left behind him, her, him. They, I don't know. Either way, that was a good April Fool's joke, though, right? The way I tied it in with the whole Jen Psaki leaving. That was pretty good, right? I think so. They said, we ain't losing Eli. <laughs> Jeremy, you're joking. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I had, to make it as, I had to make it as believable as I possibly could, right? We're not letting him go. As a matter of fact, if he does try to go, we're going to throw a ball and chain on him and keep him right here. We're going to keep him as a, sl- as a slave to make sure he works for life from America because he's that good. 
Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let's do some live shout outs, can we? Uh, <laughs> Michelle Groff, how you doing? Thank you for joining in on Rumble today. Gina, hello, how are you? Kristen Donovan, uh, Chiano, good to see you. Tori Hutch, thank you for joining in today. Kathy Cappy, we need your address. Please email it to Jeremy at jeremyherald.com. We have some stuff here that we would like to send you. If you've already done that, then please disregard. It looks like we've already got $110 of donations Today, this morning on Rumble, I can't thank you guys enough for keeping this show going. I really can't. Because if we did lose Eli, if we did lose him, I don't know who we would get to take his place. I just don't know who we'd get. We need to keep him here. So thank you very much. Big shout out to Kelly from Michigan. How are you, Kelly? Uh, Killing Frost is watching. No, he's not really leaving. That's a joke. Uh, Jamie is watching here on Rumble. God bless you, Jamie, for watching. Linda Conrad. LFA producer says, I'm not going anywhere. Sylvia Jarrett, good to see you. Thanks for watching. Big shout out. Uh, MN Madman says, shout me out. There you go. Becky from California, good to see you. Let's shoot over to Getter. We cannot forget about our Getter family because we've got a lot of people watching over there. Lovebug07, good to see you. South Georgia, thank you for joining in. Um, Shout me out, Jeremy. Been here from the beginning. Joel from Monroe, Washington. Patsy Boatwright, God bless you and thank you for that donation. Dina from Arizona. Joe Demers, put the hammer down, Jeremy. Well, we're going to today. Delma Warren, good to see you. Terry, hello. Laura Kid, or Lori Kid, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. And one more here, let's give it to Carolina, 81. Thank you guys all for joining in today. We also have now a Facebook LFA family from the uh, LFA producer page. I see Tiffany Lee is watching over there on, e- on the uh, LFA producer page. Suzanne Veramontas says, Woohoo, I come to Facebook to stick it to Zuckerberg. Well, thank you, Suzanne. Make sure you share it over there, too, to stick it to him even more. Uh, so the big shout-out to the Facebook family over there as well. Uh, I, I don't even know what Facebook even really looks like anymore. <laughs> um, VJOM46 gives 25 bucks and says, For whatever. Well, thank you. We'll put that to the Slurp Fund. And shout out to Justin over there as well on Facebook. Okay. Let's get to the verse of the day today, guys. I wrote um, in the newsletter, I titled the verse of the day, Be Brave in Your Faith. Be brave in your faith. First of all, I want to thank you all for being here. Your love for the Lord brings me closer to God every day and inspires me. We have had quite a week here on Live from America again as far as the news goes, and as far as how God is working in our nation behind closed doors. I'd say this week was a plus overall. We need to continue to be brave. We need to continue to keep our feet on the gas and let God guide us to victory. If you believe that and that we will win this holy war, then please forward this email to those who need to read it. Also, also make sure that you guys check out JeremyHerald.com as we have a lot going on there and a lot of changes as well. Verse of the day comes from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on guard. Stand firm. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. Right to the point here on this Friday morning, I guess. God does not mince words. When he speaks, truth and wisdom are given to us in a way that nobody else on earth is capable of delivering. As long as we are listening, that is. He says to be brave. For far too long, this world has made Christians feel like they cannot openly speak of God. You all know what I'm talking about. It's the reason that I was afraid to buy my very first Bible in 2016. I was afraid of what people would think of me. That is wrong. And that is why I give free Bibles away today. And that is why all of you so graciously help and send Bibles so that we always have a stock for somebody. The word, the word of God is so powerful that Satan knows 
that by influencing society to shame you with looks, with words, and sometimes with action for speaking the word of God, it will make you run from it. Don't. Don't run. Instead, do what God says in this verse. Be strong, be courageous, and do not be afraid to speak the holy word of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pleasing him is far more important than worrying about what others will say and or do to you. Remember, folks, you can't beat God, so you might as well join him. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Let's remove our caps if we are wearing one this morning, and let's say the Lord's Prayer together courageously, with boldness, with courage, and with love. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The power and the glory forever. Amen. And as we go into this Easter uh, season, I suggest that you guys watch The Passion of Christ because Steve, Mel Gibson's new Passion of the Christ, The Resurrection, is coming out soon. And I think if you've not seen that movie in a while, you should refamiliarize yourself and your family with that movie so that you can feel the full weight of that cross going into this Easter season, so that you can feel the full weight of the torture that was put forth on Jesus Christ for you. And remember, when he was dying on that cross, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of you when he died on that cross. Remember that going into this season. Okay, folks, here we go. Let's get into the first and foremost section of today, as it is Friday. It is our Friday of two shows, so please make sure that you're here this morning and make sure that you are here this evening as well. If you have not already done so, I would ask that you please share like crazy, okay? Your little share fingers need to be at work for God, for this show, for truth, and for our country every single day as we try to get the word out there as much as we can. First and foremost section, we are going to go and highlight the Show Me State of Missouri today. So if you are from Missouri then this is for you and your governor because we're going to give a big shout-out to start the show off today to Governor Mike Parsons, who I believe deserves the Smarty Award today. Now, two days ago, in the Show Me State of Missouri, Governor Mike Parsons actually had a press conference where he announced that he was going to be moving Missouri away from the pandemic and moving them closer to the endemic. But what I really like about what Governor Parsons said in this press conference that I think that a lot of people are not giving him enough credit for is that he actually compared COVID-19 to the flu and announces the endemic phase starting today. That's the great part about it. He compared the COVID-19 virus to the flu and car crashes and said that COVID-19 crisis is over in the state of Missouri, and we are moving on. Now, during this press conference, of course, you're going to have liberal reporters that go, but wait a minute, what about other states that did this? And then they had another big spike in COVID. Are you worried about putting people at risk? Blah, 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 blah. And what I like about the answer that Mike Parsons gave, it wasn't snarky. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, You know, as an attack on the reporter, he just said, look, we know what we're doing. We've been dealing with this for two years. Everybody's okay to go forward. The hospitals are fine to go forward. Just calm down. We got this, and we're no longer going to allow this to affect our life here in the great show-me state 
of Missouri. So let's go to a uh, quick clip of Governor Mike Parsons having this uh, press conference in Missouri on Wednesday of this week. Here we go. Hi, Governor Parson. Uh, a lot of people are going to hear this and say, you know, it was only four months ago that hospitals had more hospitalizations with COVID-19 than at any other point in the last two years. And there are people who are going to say, you know, if, is it going to take my family member dying for something to be done? There are still people dying of COVID-19 today. What would you say to those folks who are worried about these decisions like that? I think we're well prepared today. The hospitals are, the medical fields, the emergency personnel all pretty well know we've dealt with COVID for over two years, I think we know what that process when they go to the hospitals, we have the capability, whether it's through care, whether fusion, whether vaccine. I mean, I think the hospitals are prepared for that. I think the numbers have just went drastically down and that's where they're at today. And a quick follow-up question, if I may. A lot of other states have in the past, such as before the Delta variant, made similar decisions. I'm thinking of Arkansas. They passed legislation that it was made it illegal to have mask mandates. And the governor, Asa Hutchinson, at one point said, I regret signing off on that bill because then we saw more variants come in that have more contagion and more severity. Is there a point that you're going to say, you know, maybe we do need to backtrack on this? Well, f well first of all, uh, I think you got to realize for two years, nobody knows what the effect of all this has been yet. I think we're a long way from ever getting their information into what really worked and what really didn't work. I think that will come in time, but I don't think we're there yet. I mean, you can talk about the mass mandates uh, a lot right now. We have throughout the whole thing, but we're not going to know for a year or two to know whether they really have effect like we said they did. Are they not going to have an effect? And I think those are all things that will come about. I think you got to do what you think is best for your state and for the people of the state. And I think Missouri as a whole, when you look back on the two years, we did the best we could do, and I think we did it right compared to a lot of other states. Well, folks, the good thing about that is, is even though Mike Parsons has done some rhino stuff in his days, don't get me wrong, we're not ever going to let anybody off any hook, you know what I mean, of, uh, of being a rhino, in which he's done some rhino things, especially with, with uh, big tech and social media. But what he did on Wednesday was good for the people of Missouri was good for the people that have gone through this for far too long, just like everybody else in the nation. So for that, I have no problem today with giving Governor Mike Parsons. The Smarty Award of the Day. Because it's all about the people. It's all about the people. When a governor or a president does something according to the will of the people and it's something as drastic as freedoms and locking down and COVID and all that, I think they deserve the Smarty Award. So big shout out and thank you so very much for doing that for the people of Missouri. Now, in stark contrast of that, the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borka, has once again come out and said, if you challenge or question Pfizer or any of the uh, experimental vaccine propaganda, he says, that's out there, then you are costing lives and you are a criminal. So in one case, you have governors who are finally understanding that this whole thing was as about as fake as a $3 bill to perpetrate one of the largest scams and scandals and crimes on the world and on the United States of America to steal the election from President Donald J. Trump so they could get him out of the White House so they could start fast-tracking their plan to get to the new world order faster. They missed four years where Hillary Clinton was supposed to slowly dumb us down, weaken our military, weaken our economy so that we would be more open to accepting the new world order of one world government, one world currency, and you know the rest. That is why we're speaking about this in such detail lately. Now, let's go to the Pfizer CEO here. What's his name again? Albert Borka, who, uh, who literally says and attacks you and attacks me, saying anybody who dares to question the experimental vaccine, you're a criminal. And that is no joke, folks. Let's go to that video now of him saying this. Because what this does is basically... There are, million, there are billions of people out there who have decided not to put this experimental vaccine in their body. And this guy is just trying to criminalize them. Check this out. <clears throat> All vaccine makers have faced the same challenge, and that is of, of misinformation. C correct me if I'm wrong, but I, but I, 
I believe I've heard you talk about those who would deliberately peddle in misinformation as criminals. Is, is that something that you stand by, that you believe in? Yes, I, I do, because they are, they are literally cost lives. They know what that they are saying is lie, but they do it despite that. There is an article, a picture of my wife, uh, her, uh, I forced her to get the vaccine, and then because of the vaccine, she died. I realized that they have all of that lies, of course. And they did it, why? Because they wanted to convince people that they were on the fence to do the vaccine or not, don't do it. Look, his wife died. But forget that, that's nothing compared to how many people didn't do the vaccine and died because of that. So they are criminals. You're a criminal. How about that? You're a criminal. Klaus Schwab is a criminal. George Soros is a criminal. Hunter Biden is a criminal. Mitt Romney is a criminal. Joe Biden is a criminal. Barack Hussein Obama is a criminal. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, they're criminals. Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine, he is a criminal. The Azov Battalion, which is a full Nazi battalion in Ukraine, they are criminals. The CCP are criminals. Xi Jinping is a criminal. The WHO is criminal. Dr. Fauci is a criminal. The CDC is criminal. The NIH and NIAID are criminals. That's who the real criminals are, you loser. And guess what? You're not going to win this war. The American people are too strong. Look, I don't care what we talk about in this show about what their agenda is. What you need to understand is the spirit of the American people, the spirit of the American patriot. And by the way, Donald Trump is fighting hard to make sure that you do not destroy the United States of America in order to get to your new world order. It's not going to happen. As much as it looks like it's going to happen, as much as you feel like this is it, this is the moment we've been waiting for, this is the window of opportunity that we have been waiting for, I hate to break the news to you, but you're fighting a losing battle. As strong as you all are, as big and powerful as you all are, do not forget that the United States of America with muskets, pitchforks, and farmer tactics, took out the most powerful army and military in the world to gain our independence. And do not think that we won't do the same thing again, this time with 600 million weapons in this country. Trust me, we will do it again, and you will not win. That's my message to all of the globalists out there who think that this is it. They've got it in the bag. This is it. You've miscalculated. You need to understand what you're up against. Because in this story, you might be Goliath, but we're David. And I don't think I need to remind any of you idiots out there, like Klaus Schwab and Albert Bork, how that story went. Let's move on, ladies and gentlemen, since it's April Fool's Day today and we've already played our April Fool's joke on you, let's now talk about the April's Fool of the Day. Not April Fool's, but the April's Fool. And the fool here on this April 1st is former Vice President Mike Pence because today the traitor, the former Vice President, who, by the way, is completely... 100% against Donald J. Trump and the MAGA movement. He today announced that he is launching his midterm agenda. And that midterm agenda for Vice President, former Vice President Mike Pence and the Rhinos and the GOP establishment is to urge conservatives and new Republicans to not talk about the past and bury it and move forward. Now, let's take it back for those who don't know how much of a traitor clown Mike Pence really is. On January 6th, 2021, then-Vice President Mike Pence had the chance to do what was right and to be an American hero. He could have called for additional time to unravel the corrupt and fraudulent election results from the 2020 election, but instead... Mike Pence decided to certify the fraudulent election and then bump elbows 
if you remember, with Nancy Pelosi, and they even gave him some kind of a commemorative coin. Despite this move, former Vice President Mike Pence is now trying to desperately remain relevant. On this April Fool's Day today, Mike Pence encouraged good Americans to forget about the past and ignore the stolen election of 2020 that he certified a little more than a year ago. The Daily, Mo- the Daily Mail reported that Mike Pence is pushing a new campaign, which looks like Mike Pence is beginning a run for the presidency of 2024. Oh, please do. Oh, please do. Mike Pence, I pray to God that you actually launch a 2024 campaign. I pray that. And I pray that in some, some fashion, in some way, in some form, in some fashion, that you and Donald Trump get to be on stage together, debating against each other. I don't care if there's other candidates there or not. As long as you are on that same stage with Donald J. Trump so he can make you look like the punk that you really are, so he can make you look like the coward wussy that you really are, I cannot wait for Mike Pence to sit there and uh, shrill away from Donald J. Trump as he lays the smackdown on your traitor butt. Let's pray for that day to happen. Please run. Please run. You might as well not even bother, but please do it. He has no idea how much he is disliked. This is how out of touch these people are. Mike Pence has no idea how much that he is disliked after that cowardly act of certifying the 2020 election. Mike Pence launched his freedom agenda that outlines policy positions he argued conservative candidates can get behind in order to win future elections. He told Fox News Digital it was important for America's right-leaning party to, quote, rally around a bold, optimistic agenda to stop the radical left. If that isn't the pot calling the kettle black, I don't know what is. Pence should know by now that nobody cares what he's thinking or what he's doing. He is the most irrelevant politician on planet Earth. I would rather elect Dan Crenshaw than Mike Pence. I would rather elect Nancy Pelosi than Mike Pence. As a matter of fact, I might as well go this far and say I would rather vote for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez than Mike Pence. He had his chance and he blew it. A chance in a lifetime, and instead of being part of the solution, Mike Pence chose to be part of the disaster. And I can guarantee you that that man would not even get out of the first, he shouldn't even be able to be on a debate stage because there is no way that there are enough Americans out there that would vote for this guy to even make it to the debate stage in a national Republican primary. Mike Pence, nobody likes you. Mike Pence, nobody wants you around, so just kick rocks and be gone, okay? Let's play it. You know what? Let's play it just in, to commemorate it. Here we go. Drain the swamp, drain the swamp, lock them up. Drain the swamp, lock them up. And you know what? He's one of them. He is one of them. All right, let's move on to the next story here. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, let's go ahead and give it because it is rightfully deserved Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to give the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day to Mike Pence. Play the little cartoon. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb Dumb Award of the Day goes to Rhino Mike Pence, and I think it's well-deserved. Let's have a sip of coffee. Okay, we've been exposing Disney a lot lately. Once we started exposing Disney, everybody expo- started exposing Disney. I'm not saying they, they did that because they watch Live from America, because I doubt they do. I just mean that God is working behind scenes to get rid of the evil of this world, and Disney is definitely that evil. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we drain the Disney swamp? How do we get rid of Disney? Now, some of you might say, well, stop buying tickets to their theme parks. That's one way. Some of you would say, unsubscribe to their Disney Plus channel. That'd be another way. 
Some of you would say, do not buy any kind of Disney merchandise whatsoever. That would be another way. Now, where does Disney make most of their money? Disney makes most of their money on their merchandise, on their streaming service, and on their theme parks. Why do they get to make that money? Because of copyrights. Copyrights on cartoons and characters that they have owned for years. But if you do a little digging, ladies and gentlemen, you will understand that a long time ago, we're going to take a trip back to when Disney actually was in front of Congress over copyright material. So how do we drain the swamp? Well, we drain the Disney copyright swamp. Because if we can drain the Disney copyright swamp and make the public domain great again, like it should have been a while back, then we can literally take the rights away from Disney so that they cannot make the money on these characters like they always have. Disney makes its money on Middle America, who got their theme parks, or who go to their theme parks, excuse me, who buy their content, and those people should know this corporation hates you. The Manhattan Institute, Christopher Rufo, told that to Tucker Carlson last night. He also said, it hates your culture, it hates your color of your skin, and it hates your ways. Well, folks, let's talk about this for a minute. Disney laid off tens of thousands of workers due to COVID-19. Okay? Now, Disney's new DIE program, D-I-E, is not the first time that the House of Mouse violated middle America's conscience. In 1997... The Southern Baptist Convention, if you remember this, I do now. Now that I, now that I dug into this, I do remember this. The largest Protestant Christian denomination in the United States called for a boycott of Disney. At that time, CNN reported that the convention's objections to Disney's policy of giving health benefits to same-sex partners of employees, also all, all referred to as the gay days at theme parks, and the release by Disney and its subsidiaries of controversial books and films like Pulp pulp Fiction and Kids. Like many of the cultural rights, others or other projects over the years, the the boycott failed at every level. Thankfully, to use Benjamin Franklin's words, God governs in the affairs of men. Providentially, a GOP-controlled Congress previously coddling of Disney's Presence America First Republicans with timely opportunity. Ready for this? This is the crazy part, folks, about how God works. Because at a moment in time where the GOP or the Republicans, I should say, could very well have a red wave that literally destroys uh, the Democratic Party for years to come, at this exact moment, in this exact time, Disney has chosen to be open about their pedophilia and open about the sexualizing of children and how they support it. And this comes at a time where we might be able to get a Republican-controlled Congress that will actually do something and not coddle Disney like they did back in the 90s. Here we go. What comes to mind when you see the term copyright law? Maybe the blue FBI warning on your screen right before a movie accompanying the old uh, VHS cassettes. Maybe... It is the ill-fated file-sharing service, Napster, and its similar, uh, similarly doomed cousin, Grokster. Probably not a cultural battlefield. Well, copyright, copyright law predates the founding. The Constitution grants Congress the power to promote the progress of science. I, for example, knowledge. Con means with, science means knowledge. By giving authors exclusive rights with respects to their protected content, including articles, books, and music. Follow me here, because this is very important. I know it sounds boring, but it's very important. Subject to their fair use defense, modern copyright laws give the copyright holder the exclusive right to reproduce, make derivative works of, and publicly perform the copyrighted content. Once copyright expires... The work passes into the public domain where the public can copy it at will. Follow me so far? As the year 2000 approached, Disney had a problem. Copyrights on some of the company's earliest cartoons, including Steamboat Willie, 
were set to expire soon. As one 1998 report put it, without copyright term extension, the company faces the potential nightmare of seeing its greatest treasures pass from corporate possession into the public domain. Americans would be free to reproduce Disney's public domain works and even make new stories derived out of that content without worrying about getting sued for copyright infringement. And with billions and billions of dollars in revenue at stake, the report adds, Mickey Mouse went to Washington. This was in 1999. This is important stuff, folks. The story of how the Sonny Bono Copyright Extension Act, known within the copyright bar as the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, came to be uh, came to be is pure swamp. The story of how it came to be. In 1998, Disney chairman Michael Eisner descended on Trent Lott's office to ask the Senate majority for help. He was very much interested in seeing the copyright bill, Lott said in 1998. As Congressional Quarterly reported, before the left, uh, before the left, the spacious offices, before, excuse me, he left, the spacious offices of the majority leader at the U.S. Capitol on June 9th, Eisner was assured that his company's pet bill would get the help it needed. In addition to Eisner's visit, the company donated money to key committee leaders, including Republican Congressman Howard Howard Coble of North Carolina, who was then the chairman of the House Judiciary Subcommittee of Arts and Intellectual Property. Okay? They wined and dined them, and they paid them a lot of money to make sure that they could extend their copyright. When it was all over, Mickey Mouse had his way with the Republican-controlled Congress. With unanimous consent in the Senate and a voice vote in the House, Congress enacted the extension, um, taking an additional 20 years, or tacking, excuse me, an additional 20 years onto existing copyright terms. But, ladies and gentlemen, guess what year it is? Fast forward to today, the extension Disney uh, toiled for on Capitol Hill in 1998 is about to expire. As early as 2024, key Disney cartoons will pass into the public domain. When the company came to Congress in 1998, it struck a decidedly neutral tone. However, false those pretenses might have been at the time, look at where we are now. Look at where Disney is now. We are about to enter into a time in where Disney's copyrighted content is about to expire. We could have control of both the House and the Senate at that time, meaning that we could literally not extend that copyright content any longer and let Disney's copyrighted content fall into public domain where you, myself, and many others could rewrite stories, could rewrite stories to not have transsexual narratives in them, to rewrite stories that don't have same-sex marriages content in them, and we could not be sued for it. So how do you drain the Disney swamp? You do it legally, and you do not allow them to continue to have an extension on their copyrighted content and you allow all of their content to fall into public domain and no longer will they be able to make billions and billions of dollars off of that content and, um, and hence they go bankrupt and they leave. That's what we need to do. Nobody's talking about this, and I know that it takes me a long time to draw this out for you. I know it takes me 10, 15 minutes to get to the end and the punchline of the story. But the end of the story, the punchline of this story is get your congressmen and your senators aware of this so they know that if they truly do want to get rid of Disney in a Republican-controlled House and Senate, it does not need to be hard. All they need to do is literally nothing. Let the copyright content fall into public domain and then destroy Disney for good. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still important to boycott Disney in every way you can, but that's only a temporary hurt for them. What is a permanent dagger in the side is to let their copyright content fall into public domain and destroy them from the bottom up, not from the top down. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my investigative reporting of the day. And now I'm tired and I'm ready to leave, so see you later. No, I'm just kidding. I got more. I got more. It's almost worth taking the evening off, though, after that one. 
Because that's you want to talk about taking down uh, Goliath? That's how you take down Goliath. You do it by doing absolutely nothing and not giving them the money or access to the money that they've had for decades because their content is no longer theirs. Woo! Crazy. Crazy stuff. Now, I know that would affect other people too, so you would have to do it in a way. You'd have to pass a law to say that there is no extension after a certain time period. 20 years, 30 years, whatever that is. And it would have to apply to everybody. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a hit to take down the big people because the big people have worked their way and wormed their way into every facet of our lives, and the only way to get rid of them is to sacrifice ourselves. And you know what? I'll sacrifice for that. All right. Here we go. Do you guys remember when we were reporting on the post office spying on Americans? It was a story that we referred to as ICOP, I-C-O-P. Well, now the inspector general, in the, in the Department of Justice, says that the post office actually used ICOP surveillance to spy on Americans, and it was illegal to do. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, this post office is just as much as a swamp arm of D.C. as any other division of the government, regardless if they're independent or not, regardless if they're part of a union or not. They helped steal the election, and now we're going to get into some of that. Inspector General says post office used ICOP surveillance program to illegally spy on social media users. Why did the U.S. government use the Postal Service to monitor what Americans post on social media? The law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service secretly monitored and collected American social media posts according to documents previously obtained by Yahoo News. The spying program known as ICOP, or Internet Covert Operations Program, and involved goons trolling through social media sites to look for, quote, inflammatory posts, and then sharing the information with other government agencies. And last we checked, inflammatory language was covered by the Fifth Amendment. ICOP analysis are currently monitoring these social media channels for any potential threats stemming from the scheduled protests and will disseminate intelligence updates as needed. The bulletin posted last year when this story first came out. The bulletin mentioned the Stop the Steal rally and included screenshots from an alleged member of the Proud Boys, but ICOP concealed that none of the posts contained anything threatening. The bulletin did mention Uh, didn't mention anything about Antifa or BLM terrorists from the beginning of it all the way to the end. It turns out that the post office used this program illegally. An inspector general investigation concluded the post office legally used, illegally, excuse me, used ICOP to spy on Americans. The inspector general probe into the U.S. Postal uh, Postal Service surveillance program concluded that the agency did not have the legal authority to conduct the sweeping intelligence collection and surveillance of American protesters between the years of 2018 and 2021. The post office of uh, the the Postal Service Office of Inspector General launched the investigation, which stands uh, for the Internet Covert Operations Program. We determined that certain proactive searches ICOP conducted using the open source intelligence tool from April Uh, from February to April 2021, exceeded the Postal Inspection Service Law Enforcement Authority. Using uh, sophisticated technology and software, ICOP was running keyword searches like protest on social media to collect online speech about uh, a host of different events that contained no threats whatsoever. The Inspector General report notes that in April 2021, the lawyers asked ICOP to remove protest from its keyword searches to protect constitutional rights. Long story short, folks, we strongly disagree with the overreach conclusion that the U.S. Postal Service exceeded its legal authority and conducted improper intelligence searches, said the post office. But the inspector general says otherwise. And right now, we don't know where that's going. But what we do know is they broke the law. So we're going to stay on top of that and see where that goes. Ugh. I need a drink. Hold on, folks. Woo. No, com- no commercial breaks and all of these stories tend to wear on you. All right. I want to get to what the Biden administration is doing to our men and uh, servicemen and women 
outside of trying to experiment on them and sticking them with an experimental vaccine, okay? It's time to expose the Biden administration to people out there who may not know what he's doing to veterans because right now, the Biden administration, right at the same time as they are getting rid of Title 42, which would allow triple the illegal aliens in this country that we already have, it is considering pulling health care from United States veterans to treat illegal aliens. Did you or a family member serve in this country proudly? Because you're going to want to know this. Did you and your family serve in this country proudly to the point where you shouldn't have to worry about your medical bills? Well, ladies and gentlemen, sorry about your luck, but illegal aliens apparently come first in Joe Biden's America. The Biden administration reportedly is considering diverting doctors from the Department of Veterans Affairs to treat the massive inflow of illegal aliens expected at the southern border this spring and this summer as Title 42 ends. Hillary Vaughn of Fox Business reported on the insulting slight to American veterans uh, yesterday, citing a source with U.S. Customs and Border Protection. She quoted the source as saying, we're going to take medical personnel and services away from the people that really deserve it, the people that went to combat, to give free medical attention to illegal migrants. The Department of Veterans Affairs is already notoriously inefficient and with a shortage of personnel likely to cost American veterans the care they need even further. The Biden administration will redistribute the health care resources for a surge of as many as half a million illegal immigrants this year. The administration is gutting immigration enforcement and deportations in favor of a system designed to check in and ferry illegals to American communities. Biden is consistently uh, shredded, shrouded his uh, border policies in secrecy and is likely that the administration would try to keep this uh, the use of veterans' health care resources for illegals under wraps. But guess what? Thank God to media like this, we can get it out there. The spring surge will follow the termination of Article 42, a Trump-era policy designed to allow the quick expulsion of illegals on the grounds of coronavirus public health concerns. And now Joe Biden is going to take any resources that we have left of our U.S. veterans and give it to illegal aliens. So remember that, independence, when you go to the voting booth this midterm election season in November, remember that, people on the fence of who voted for Biden and said, now I regret it. Remember that, people who are voting for rhinos like Mike Pence and others, remember who's really going to make the difference in this country. And it isn't going to be the status quo. It isn't going to be the Dan Crenshaws. It isn't going to be the Mike Pence's. And it isn't going to be the Mitt Romney's. It's going to be the Marjorie Taylor Greens. It's going to be the Matt Gates. It's going to be the Eric Greitens. It's going to be the Donald Trumps. It's, those are the kind of people that you're going to want to put into office if you want to save whatever's left of this country. And now, let's get to the scary part. And this is the part that I wanted to wait till the end. Ladies and gentlemen, the New World Order has had its forum in Dubai yesterday and when I say new world order I mean the world monetary fund the people who control all the currency in the world anybody who's not on the the gold standard I should say that's why Vladimir Putin is smart to do what he's doing I told you that President Trump is not fighting Democrats and Republicans I told you that President Trump is not only fighting the United States election of 2020 that was stolen by the Democrats and the left. Those are all symptoms of the real problem, the big problem. The problem that I believe when Donald Trump says the deep state will be brought to heel and it's already begun, when Donald Trump says what we're working on is far bigger than you can imagine, I believe people like Donald Trump, I believe people like Vladimir Putin and others who you don't know yet, are working to fight the real problem, and that is the New World Order. And now they are not even afraid to say it in the least little bit. They are saying it loud. They are saying it proud. They are saying it in front of your face. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play for you some words that were uh, held yesterday at the World Government Summit in Dubai. Crazy, scary stuff. And this is what Donald Trump is fighting. Not all the little things that we're talking about, which are big things, but the even bigger things. 
What underpins a world order is always the financial system. Mm. I, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71, and so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, but also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private. But what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? Because that's the only measure of whether our world order really serves. That is Dr. Pippa Malmgren, folks. And she says... This new world digital currency that everybody said Alex Jones was a conspiracy theorist when he talked about it 20 years ago and continued to warn you that they're moving toward a digital currency. Like she said, it's not crypto. No, it's a centralized bank digital currency that we will be able to monitor in real time every time every single person makes a purchase in the world. Not only will we know what you bought, we'll know where you bought it, we'll know when you bought it, we'll know how much you paid for it, and guess what else? We can stop you from buying it. If you wanted to buy something off JeremyHarrell.com, they can stop you. If you wanted to go to MyPillow.com, they can stop you. If you want to go buy something from the war room or if you want to go buy something from wherever, they can stop you. They can stop you from buying anything they want, and that's what their plan is. And it's not like it's coming. It's here. It is here. And now you know why they are – if you're asking yourself, what is happening to the United States and why is it happening so quickly? This is why. It wasn't supposed to happen this quickly. Hillary Clinton was supposed to be elected in 2016. This was supposed to be a gradual plan until 2026. Who's involved in this? The World Economic Forum, the World Government Summit, the CCP, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, and all these big leftists, the globalists, the NWO. They're calling themselves the NWO. And the only thing that stands in their way is the great experiment of the United States of America. That is the only thing that stands in their way, and now Russia. And that's why they're trying to take Russia out so badly. That's why they're labeling Putin the names and the, uh, the titles that they're labeling him. That is why they're trying to start World War III for a regime change in Russia because Russia and Vladimir Putin is doing and saying the same things that President Trump was. And they are literally saying it loud because they don't have a Congress like ours that's going to sit there and try to take down Vladimir Putin. So as much as I don't agree with the communism form of style of government, in Russia, I do agree with what Vladimir Putin is doing to fight back against the NWO. It's the same thing that President Trump is currently doing right now. And this wasn't supposed to be this quick. It was supposed to be gradual so that by 2026, you would just accept it. But when Donald Trump won in 2020, or 2016, it threw off four years of this plan. Four years. And now, to meet their goal by 2026, they have to do it all within the time frame that they have, which is four years less than they would have had in 2015. That's what's going on right now. I'm not trying to be scare you. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm not trying to be anybody else but the person that's done the research for himself has seen that Alex Jones was right for a long time. Vladimir Putin has been right for a long time. And Trump is always right.
That's what they're doing. That's what's happening right now. The only thing that stands in their way is the United States of America. And now, to back that up, let me play you a video from the World Economic Forum from yesterday from Klaus Schwab, who is king NWO. When they, when, when they take over, this guy or his descendants will be the king of that new world order. Listen to what this loser said. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. Not God, but the role of government, he What said. is also needed is a summit like this one to go beyond crisis management and to look into constructive ways we can build our common future. Our futures are intrinsically connected to one another as the profound challenges to mankind, such as climate change, are globally interconnected and require collaborative responses. In conclusion, and despite all the challenges, we have to uphold our responsibility, which we have towards the next generation, and which we can only fulfill through collaboration on a national and on a global level. I wish you an impactful and successful meeting. Now, that old bag of bones, that dried up, rotted piece of cauliflower that sits at the bottom of your drawer of your fridge might be the most powerful man in the world, might be the most influential man in the world, may have more say-so over world governments than any man in the world, but he doesn't even compare to the tiniest ant when it comes to God. You will fail. You will fail because God has people like President Trump, who is stronger than you know, who is fighting forces more evil than you know. This is not just about the 2020 election. This is bigger than that. And Donald Trump and men and women who you do not know the names of are working to fight this. Your role is to stop doing nothing. Start doing something if you're not. If you feel like you could do more, do more. If you're able to do more, do more. But by all means, the best thing that you can do right now is openly profess your love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he is the only pure and sure way to, sovereign, to sovereignty and safety. Keep fighting here in this earthly bodies, but fight harder to let the world know that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. Jesus is the King of Kings, and you can't beat God. Stop complying and start speaking loudly for God. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not quite done here. I do want to bring a couple more things to your attention. If you live in the great state of Arkansas, you better get ready for the Save America Freedom Tour because it's coming to a theater near you very quickly. Let's go ahead and pull that up. Save America Freedom Tour, myself, Ben Berkwam, Heather Mullins, Jan Morgan, Doc Washburn, Judge Joseph Wood, Pastor Ken Carney, Senator Alan Clark, and Iverson Jackson. We will be in Arkansas. April 13th, 7 p.m., Hot Springs, Arkansas, at the First Nazarene Church, 3804 Central Avenue, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Make sure if you are in the area, you come out. If it's in driving distance, come out. Meet us. Let's hug. Let's see each other face-to-face. Let's shake each other's hands. Let's have fellowship with each other. Let's grow strong together. Let's inspire each other in the name of God, in the house of God. Hope to see you guys there. 
It's really going to be something spectacular. And also, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to show you something sent to me this morning by Mr. Mike Lindell and his team. Hopefully we can get him on soon. They've got the Easter savings, ladies and gentlemen, over at MyPillow. Use promo code LFA on everything and get major, major discounts. Again, that's MyPillow.com. Easter savings with your promo code LFA. Help out the show. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's show. I need, to, uh, I need to get some water and I need to get some rest to make sure we come back for tonight and continue the fight here on Live from America. I have a, it's been a long week, I can tell you that. I'm pretty exhausted, and I know you guys are too. But you guys, thank you so very much for inspiring me to give me and giving me more power uh, than I've ever had before just by your prayers, okay? So remember... There are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. See you tonight at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Until then, spread the gospel and stay happy. See you later.